There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Maddox is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The football season is coming, and there is no better place to start making every moment more than with FanDuel. I just downloaded the FanDuel app a couple of months ago when it became legal in New York, and I have been having a blast with it. You guys know I'm a big boxing guy. I've been trying to make you all rich with some of these picks, but I've been betting on them, I've been hitting, and I've been enjoying my time with the FanDuel Sportsbook app. They have great odds and markets for the NFL and college football futures, the MLB, PGA Tour, tennis, boxing, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It is America's number one sports book. It's easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast, which I know matters to everybody. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay, and you can discover the most popular SGPs each day right when you log in. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code BOXING so they know I sent you. Promo code BOXING so they know I sent you. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. And we are back. When you have a big fight, especially in the heavyweight division, you get an extra podcast. That's what we're doing this week. We are just minutes removed from the Alexander Usyk-Anthony Joshua rematch, a fight that was won by Alexander Usyk. He wins a split decision against Anthony Joshua. I'm joined by my broadcast partners for this fight. Chris Algieri, former 140-pound champion. Corey Erdman did a fantastic job on the play-by-play tonight. And uh, I guess big picture, Chris, what did we think? Did, was this what you expected? Were there any surprises? 
What's your reaction to the way the fight played out? Honestly, going into this fight, my prediction was we were going to have the first fight over and over again. And I, th I thought it was going to be very similar to the first fight in terms of Joshua having trouble finding, uh, finding Usyk and Usyk building off of what he did, making it round number 13. I was actually surprised with the adjustments that uh, Joshua was able to make. He was actually able to to land and, and I believe hurt Usyk several times throughout the night, especially really focusing on the body. Round number nine was an, a phenomenal round, the best the best round I've seen you know uh, in the in the 24 rounds that these guys fought. So uh, I was surprised that I, I think Anthony Joshua actually fought much better than I expected. Yeah, this was this was more of a thriller I think than the first oh, fight yeah. was. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I think that. Joshua was able to make some adjustments. I think I pointed out early in the fight, like Joshua's posture changed a little bit. He was a little more out on the front foot. He was more eager to engage and was willing to be a little bit more physical than he was in the first fight. The problem is, even though Joshua made an adjustment, maybe made two adjustments, Usyk can make adjustments all night long, and he did. And, and even when Usyk got hurt fairly badly in that ninth round, his adjustment, his reply, was to come back and have an even more emphatic round in the 10th round. And, you know, that, I think Usyk said in his post-fight interview, that'll be the round that everyone remembers. And it was. That's kind of like, you know, if you were to make a movie about this fight, again, with everything going on around Usyk, the guy who digs deep after getting rocked in the ninth round to come back and do that, like, that's your story, right? That's the storybook ending. Yeah. Outside of the ninth round... This felt like a carbon copy of the first fight. Yeah. It was fought in the middle of the ring. Joshua had his moments, won a couple of rounds. Usyk won far more. And that, Chris, is going to make me wonder, like, could Joshua have done more? Like, I, he promised and his team promised to make this more of a fight than a boxing match. And at times, especially in that ninth round, it was. But never at any point in this fight did he sell out. Did he go looking to make it a brawl and go for the knockout? And that's kind of been a consistent theme for Anthony Joshua since the Vladimir Klitschko fight. The Klitschko fight, as much as any fight in his past, including Andy Ruiz, took something out of him and made him less the brawler and more the boxer. And he can get away with that against Ruiz in the rematch, against Kubrat Pulev. You can't get away with that against Alexander Usyk. No, and you know we spoke about this off-air. I watched a lot of the old Anthony Joshua fights in, in getting ready for in preparation for this fight. And man, that guy, he would get cracked, get rocked, and go right back into the fray. Completely different than the guy that we see now who is not willing to engage with any kind of sustained, consistent attack. You know, um, And that's what would be needed to beat Usyk. Honestly, he has all the tools, all the physical gifts to beat Usyk on any given night. He was just never able to put it together in a way that he was consistent and damaging for long enough. You know, I, I want to be fair to <coughs> Joshua in this instance, too, because it's, you know, making the decision to sell out and just go after Alexander Usyk is not the same as making that decision against literally any other heavyweight in the world. Usyk is just so much more elusive, is so much trickier. You're not always certain what he's going to do. He's going to have different answers. So I, I don't think, like, uh, yes, I think that Joshua can do more, but I want to give him a little credit that even if he decided to go, you know, full bore, hands up, and just try and go chest to chest with Usyk, Usyk's also not going to allow that. You know, so I think it's it's a little bit trickier than just like a decision that Joshua can make. Uh, look, this version of Joshua, if they fought a hundred times, he might not win ninety nine of them. Like th that's how good Usyk is and how bad a matchup he is for Joshua. I, I, look, I'm not even sure that selling out and just making it a street fight, a la like a Marcos Maidana or somebody like that, would have guaranteed a victory. He right. might have got him knocked out. And maybe that Chris, that's what he was avoiding. Like maybe he knew that that was a path to victory. But if you operate that way, 
Chances are you're going to get caught, and Usyk has enough power at heavyweight to do that. Yeah, I mean, but listen, <laughs> guys get knocked out. Like you, mm-hmm. like guys try and win. Like, am I going to try and go for the win and get knocked out? Like fighters have been doing that since the beginning of time. Um, you know, but yeah, of course, I, and I do believe Usyk could knock out Anthony Joshua. We, we saw him hurt s- several times in, in the 24 rounds that they fought. Um, but yeah, I, I never liked the matchup. Honestly, mm-hmm. I I didn't want this fight to happen in the first place because I really wanted Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury to happen last year when this happened and and the the um the wilder fight came in and they forced that third fight and they had to make this match i was like ah man because i knew there was always a good chance that Usyk was going to be able to beat anthony joshua i didn't think he was going to be this good but yeah he is can we talk for a minute about what the fuck that was at the end of the fight with Joshua? Like, what? What was he doing? I like to recap. If you missed the fight, Joshua loses. The decision is announced. Uh, Usyk is in the ring celebrating. Joshua walks out of the ring. Somebody says something to him, and he kind of turns around, looking somewhat angry. Comes back to the ring, grabs the mic, and then gives this profanity-laced speech about how he's not a twelve-round fighter. He being Joshua Usyk has skills. They did a hip hip hooray like five times for Ags and Usyk. You know, Chris, as soon as I'm watching that, I'm like, this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. And sure enough, it wasn't a good idea. No, it was a train wreck. It was it was really hard to watch. And it was honestly in poor taste. I, I, if I was Usyk, I would be pissed. You're taking my moment. And he, he took the mic for a long time. He spoke way longer than Usyk did. And Usyk won the fight. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where they came from. Actually, I know where it came from. Obviously, you know, the, the stress of the training camp and, and, and the accepting the loss. He's obviously not there yet. But listen... I, it's so tough talking to fighters at the fights. The emotional train wreck mm. and, and, and roller coaster that is involved with a training camp and a fight, it's it's hard. Um, oh, you know, as, as, someone it, that does, as someone that does post-fight interviews regularly, like I always find it comical because effectively what you're doing is asking someone who got into a car crash mm-hmm. when they want to get into a car crash again. Like, right. oh, yeah. what and, do you want to do this again? Was and, it fun? Hey, which car do you want to hit next time? <laughs> which wall do you want to crash it? Yeah, I mean, this. it was a man processing his emotions mm. and maybe potentially seeing either the end or approaching the end of what, his career as he knows it in real time. And fighters in post-fight interviews or reliability at best. Fighters with a loose microphone mm. after a fight, not a good combination. And, you know, it was it was cringeworthy. Uh, I agree, Chris, like, it, it was in poor taste, especially there was kind of some, I don't know, it was a little aggressive towards Usyk at first, and then he kind of reined it in. At least Joshua didn't say anything, like, patently offensive in his speech, but it was certainly bizarre. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that, like the the rule when you're interviewing a fighter is you never let them have the never mic. Yes, let never. never let them have the mic. Never. So. I learned that who was it? Fury fought Steve Cunningham, and I was doing sideline for NBC back then. And Fury, that was the first time he took the mic and started singing to the crowd. And bear in mind, it's one thing to do that on like a streaming service like the Zone. We're on main network NBC. Yeah. We got to get out the top of the hour. <laughs> yeah. I remember like getting that mic back and be like, I'm fired. I'm fired. Sure <laughs> enough, I got a phone call from the head of NBC, not the head of NBC Sports, the head of NBC. And he said to me, he said, Chris, treat the microphone like it's your child. Yeah. Don't give it up. <laughs> sure. But had you held on to it, we wouldn't have had our succession of Tyson Fury karaoke sessions. I remember looking at Mick Hennessy, who was, who was promoting him at the time. Like, Mick, can you help me? Mick's like, what the fuck do you think I'm going to do? Yeah, how do you situation? get from that guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, the guy's 6'9", like, almost three bills. What exactly If he wants to sing, do? he's going to sing. I know. All right, let's talk about the future of both guys. Um, for Usyk, there's one fight. And he even said so said afterwards. It. Tyson Fury... Undisputed heavyweight championship. We talked about this a bit on the air, Corey, that 
you know, there'll be people that'll be like, no, no way, Usyk can be Fury. He's too tall. He's too skilled. He's not Anthony Joshua. But Usyk has been counted out multiple times in recent years. Um, how do you think he? Uh, let's assume for the fact that Fury is not retired and is going to take that fight one way or the other. How do you see that matchup? So I would still pick Fury, but I'm with you that I can't count out a guy with Alexander Usyk's skill level. You know, he's too. He's too skilled, but he's also too complicated. And, and, and one of the things that I think played into this fight, and every fight for Alexander Usyk, if you're preparing for him, what do you do? Okay, you, you fly in eight southpaws, as, as Anthony Joshua did. But how many of those southpaws could even do 20% of what Alexander Usyk can do in the ring? How, how can you replicate this guy? So would I pick Tyson Fury? Yes, because the, phys- the physical advantages are so massive. And I think that he is also a lot more sure of his offense, both moving backwards and moving forwards, than Anthony Joshua is. But would I definitively count out Usyk? No, because you you just can't prepare for this guy. I uh, obviously I fought Manny Pacquiao, and I always say that the hardest part of preparing for Pacquiao is preparing for Pacquiao, because finding someone who spars like Anthony, like like Manny Pacquiao, is impossible. No one, no one. He literally does everything wrong. He just makes it work. <laughs> Usyk is not that way. Usyk does everything right, but no one does it in the way with with the. I guess the word is the pizzazz. The way he does. I mean, he's he's doing everything right. He's doing everything textbook, but it's it's. It's the way that he puts it together. It's the way the recipe works that creates a masterpiece every yeah, time. Yeah, I, I think I, I might have uh, wrote in my story prior to the to the fight, I think the closest you could get to a, to like a facsimile of Usyk <laughs> is if you inflated a version of Vasily Lomachenko. It's yeah. the only guy, and because, of, of course, they're under the same learning tree under yeah. Lomachenko's father. Except give him power. <laughs> right. He's the only guy that would do the certain things the way that Usyk does. There's just no one else that could replicate that or even come close. One thing Fury will do in that fight is something Joshua is not really capable of doing and certainly doesn't do, and that's lean. Yeah, like, I was say, Fury operates like a real heavyweight. He will lean that entire six foot nine, 275-pound frame on you, and he will sap the strength out of you. That is how he will find a way to slow down Alexander Usyk. Don't get me wrong. I want to see that fight. I'd love to see an undisputed champion in the heavyweight division. That's a dreadful fight. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's it is watch. a dreadful, yeah. dreadful fight. We have just done 24 rounds of Joshua Nusik. Those were largely dreadful rounds. They were. like Except for the ninth round of this fight, those were, and even the 10th when Usyk took over. Yeah. A couple rounds here and there. It was largely clinical. And that's how Usyk fights. Like He's not going to go outside of his comfort zone. He's not going to become, you know, Derek Chisora all of a sudden he's gonna fight the way he wants to fight I disagree I like this these fights I, I've really enjoyed Usyk and Joshua I like technical they were boxing they high level boxing yeah, matches I love yeah. that stuff because there's there's so many nuances well, going then on you're gonna love are... Fury and... no I'm not <laughs> because that one's about? gonna get very physical and Fury does a lot of weird things in there like like you said leaning I mean he's yeah. like what he did to Wilder in that third fight just being so fit or the second fight so physical I mean to do that to a guy who's 220 you know, and not six foot seven or six foot eight or whatever. I, is Usyk gonna have to jump to hit him in the head? Like, <laughs> yeah, six nine you, is no joke. You know what I find interesting about uh, the possibility of Fury Usyk is I, Fury traditionally leading up to his fights. I think he either needs or likes to create an enemy. Mm. And there's nothing like adversarial at all about Alexander <clears throat> Usyk. You know, a guy who's in the midst of war back home, who's a pretty jovial guy. Where like what is the motivation for Fury other than just boxing? And and I don't know. I do I think that Fury will fight again? Yes, 
but I think there needs to be a particular motivation for him, and I think it kind of needs to be a bit personal. I don't know that he has that with Usyk now. Maybe after Usyk said his name, maybe he can conjure this up, but right now, I, I, I'm just not certain. That's actually a pretty common uh, theme for fighters is, is, is creating an enemy whether self-perceived or made up or not, I know a lot of guys in the gym that when they're fighting a guy, uh, a lot of times they use, they take the you, we, we attack the press. We hate you. We hate you guys because right. <laughs> it gives us a reason to be mad at something because mm-hmm. everything we're mad at everything and we have to fight. List of people but, that hate me is longer than <laughs> this. I don't know. He goes around the door. <laughs> I like I like you, Chris. You're cool. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> but but a lot of fighters do that. That's a really really good point, Corey. Jamal Charlo is my best friend. I don't know what you guys are talking. About. <laughs> um, you know. By the way, as we are recording this, Tyson Fury took to Instagram and said, "Quote: I will annihilate both of them." on the same night. Get your fucking checkbook out because the Gypsy King is here to stay forever. So, Tyson Fury is back to wanting money. Well, first of all, it was, it was, I'm retired. Yes. No, I'm coming out and I'm fighting for free. No, no, I want half a billy to fight against Anthony Joshua or Alexander Usyk. You knew he's a fighting man. And then Chisora. Yeah, Chisora. With a new trainer, with Isaac Lowenstein there. It's his trainer. I wish I would have known this before I declared the winner of this fight like the true heavyweight champion on the air, but what are you supposed to do? How am I supposed to No, come on, you never believe this guy is actually retired. It's going to happen probably... Late this year, early next year, depending on where they do it. I mean, Eddie Hearn, I don't think, is going to be involved in that fight because I think Usyk's free and clear now um, as a fighter. But, you know, top rank, Frank Warren, they'll get a deal done. Everybody make a bunch of money, and we'll get an undisputed heavyweight champ. Lastly, Anthony Joshua, 32 years old, coming off back-to-back losses. Three losses, Chris, in his last five fights. Where does he go from here? I think he has to rebuild. He's got to go back home on, on the, the local European British circuit and get those wins back, get his confidence back. And honestly, I don't think a Tyson Fury fight's out of the question. And it's a fight that is just, it's just very enticing. It's very enticing for a lot of reasons. I think it's a great fight. Uh, I think the fans really love it. I think it'll make a lot of money. Um, I think he can get back to that relatively quickly if they they match him up right, and he can he can get a couple good wins, especially knockouts under his belt in the next year or so. I agree. I don't think that the uh, the Fury fight is is out of the question yeah. at all because I think that that is big enough in stature <coughs> where you know Joshua, if he beats Fury, then suddenly he's the heavyweight champion again, right? And then maybe you run it back with Usyk, you can do whatever. If it's not the Fury fight, I don't see Joshua. If I had to predict, I don't think that Joshua will take just kind of tune up rebuilding fights. What I would see. In, in listening to Anthony Joshua speaking, particularly in the build-up to this fight, I see Anthony Joshua really starting that next chapter of, of his life. He's got a pile of money. I see him more meaningfully kind of leaning into his humanitarian efforts, into athlete management, and I think that he'll spend some time with that, and then once time passes, then he can market, hey, AJ is back. But I just, I don't see, with this roadblock at the top of the division that is Usyk, I, I don't see him wanting to fight someone kind of beneath him. I, I, I don't. I think how he lost opened the door for a comeback. If he had been knocked out by Usyk, mm-hmm. that would have been tough to come back yeah. from. But yeah. if he just gets outboxed by a pound-for-pound pound great, you say, look, I, I just couldn't outbox the guy. I'm not, I'm not that level of fighter. I'm still great, but I'm not that level of pure boxer. I think the door is now open for that. And look, I, I do think Fury and Usyk face off first. But Joshua, look, to Chris's point, you can go on that European circuit. You can fight fringy heavyweights two times in six months. You're armed now with this new DAZN deal. It's a global deal. It's going to pay you a lot of money, um, no matter who you fight. And you can go back to the UK and do that. And look, we know in boxing, you get two fights in a row, wins in a row, you're back. You're, we're back <laughs> yeah. into the mix. All is forgotten. What have you That's done right. for me lately? That's yeah. it. That's and boxing. Look, meanwhile, 
Deontay Wilder's still out there. Yeah. Like, Deontay Wilder is going to fight in October, a fight he, theoretically, if he's still Deontay Wilder, should win. He gets a win, maybe gets another win. All of a sudden, Wilder against Joshua is a massive fight in the UK or, UK or the US. Maybe Joshua comes back to the US and tries to find a way to avenge his last appearance on U.S. soil. It's, it's funny to think about how little <laughs> the heavyweight landscape will change <laughs> with all of this. It's all going to be the same guys. Yeah, it's crazy. Last thing for you. Uh, Usyk, you know, Joshua mentioned this about Usyk, and we talked a little bit. Eddie Hearn, I think, said pound for pound number one. Corey, is Usyk pound for pound number one after winning this fight? He's either number one or number two, and mm. I wouldn't disagree with you saying either Usyk or Inouye. Um, oh, you go Inouye at number one. Yeah, probably. Uh, I was at Bud Crawford at number one, but but you know, he, you, know you know, Bud's Bud's my Bud too. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. Inouye and Usyk to me uh, jump off the screen as special operators in in a way, and not that Bud Crawford doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think his relative inactivity um, has allowed for these two guys. To be to fresh in, in my memory yeah, yeah. and to do it more and more and, and, and more often, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think after November, if as long as this Crawford-Spence fights happens, that's going to change this all up a lot. Oh, that's right. cute. You think Crawford-Spence is going to happen? You think- I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I am boxing fan first. First and foremost. Keith Thurman out there being like sitting and waiting in the wings. He's like, <laughs> like, here, I got to get my paycheck. Uh, I, 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 I'm going to have to think about it, you know, him, yeah. about Usyk being number one. Yeah, but, I'm not sure about that either. But being undisputed at cruiserweight. <laughs> Beating Tony Bellew after Bellew stopped David Hay yeah. in back-to-back fights, moving up to heavyweight, beating Chisora, average fight, and then outboxing the heavyweight champion over two fights. Top three at a minimum, probably top two on my list, and then, well, you love Inouye. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll move I my list in a way back up my yeah. list. Yeah. Really Inouye's a bad, The way he bad destroyed Donaire was just <sighs> mean. That I was called just, that fight live. It was... Oh. <laughs> Donito's such a good guy. I hated to see that. I, I know. I know. There's a buddy of mine. That's, I called uh, that, that fight tough. too, and it was it was you know the one the moment the Inouye moment that jumps out at me. I forget, I think it was the Maloney fight, and it was on ESPN, and uh, Ward and Bradley were on commentary, and he was so dazzling that Andre Ward just couldn't think of anything to say. He kept repeating. It's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to deal with. And he was right. He was, yeah. it was good analysis in the moment it's because he was just astonished. With. Andre Ward was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching right now. I've never seen anything like this. That will always stick in my mind. That's the, why I don't want to see. dangerous. I don't want to see Inouye against Chocolatito. Somebody was talking about that the other day. Like, don't move up, Chocolatito. If you're Chocolatito no, no. beats Estrada, don't move up to 118. I don't want to see you. No, I don't no. want to see that. In a, in a metaphorical body bag no, out there. I've seen yeah. it once. I don't need to see it again. No, thank you. Uh, Chris Algieri, Corey Urban, great job on the DAZN broadcast tonight. Thanks for sticking around. And joining me on the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Always a pleasure. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.